On this week's episode, Lee Griffin becomes extraordinarily rude. Well, yeah, so then, then shut up and let, let the big boys talk here. Now. How about, how about we, how about, first of all, first of all, how about let's not be rude? Because don't say shut up on this show. Family podcast. Yeah, I mean, there could be kids listening. I don't feel like shut up isn't really appropriate. <laughs> Scott Boris expresses the utmost respect for seaplane aviators. Ooh, I, no, can, land pretty- a pl- I can land a plane on water. Look at me. I'm Jesus. <laughs> I talk about making friends with the nautical law enforcement officers. I've been pulled over by almost every agency that could possibly pull you over on the water. <laughs> so... Same. I have to. And Ryan Eckel joins us for another episode and expresses his love of jet skiers. Nearly all jet skiers have no idea. They don't know. Sh- they don't know anything. Jet skiers may try to run. go between They're your pontoons. Welcome to the Far Aim Podcast. We are back with Lee Griffin, Scott Boris, and a guest double episode in a row, Ryan Eckel, to cover right-of-way rules, water operations, FAR 91.115. This is seaplane stuff. We felt like making a seaplane episode, so that's what we're doing. Uh, Part A general, each person operating an aircraft on the water shall, insofar as possible, keep clear of all vessels and avoid impeding, not impending, avoid impeding their navigation and shall give way to any vessel or other aircraft that is given the right of way by any rule of this section. This basically means if you are in a seaplane, avoid boaters. Um, So you. You basically follow the boating laws, right? We, yeah, we'll get in. We'll delve into that in the B, C, D, and E. But yeah, it's similar. Once once you are on the water, uh, you become a boat for the most part. Uh, but part A is basically giving the coverall of if possible, if the area you're operating and trying to get in and out of is if you can do it away from other boats, that's the best move. Because boats, unlike aircraft, do, do not require a license to operate. Okay, Most people on the water don't know what they're doing, and they're drunk. Some states require a license. Some do, yeah. There's caveats. Yeah, Ohio does rare. if you're, if you're uh, born after, what, 1982 something like or something that, yeah. like that? Yeah, 81 or 82, and you got to take a... a- course online at this point you yeah, used to be, you yeah take i had to take a course online i did that when i was wasn't 10 very hard. and i lost the little car yeah, that they exactly. sent and i've been pulled over <laughs> so we're saying i said i've been pulled over by the coast guard multiple times in my last you know 25 years of boating and i've never been asked for it so i no yeah i got um, pulled over by the coast guard and they they cited me for not having flares and stuff like that but they didn't even ask to see if i had my boaters whatever certificate it's supposed to be right they never hold asked on, to hold see on it. it doesn't matter if it's the coast guard because wouldn't the coast guard that's a federal agency yeah so maybe the state would ask so to see it'd it be the odnr wouldn't they be the one for um, i've been pulled over by almost every agency that could possibly pull you over on the water <laughs> so same. I have to. Yeah. And I've never been. My brother got pulled over. I've never license. been asked for a license. I've had uh, 
I've been requested for my boating license, but that was when I was like still 18, 19 years old. And I had it on me on jet skis and stuff. And it was never an issue. I just showed it to him. They're like, Oh yeah, you're good. So my brother got pulled over last summer. He got pulled over last summer and he was in violation of, I I think every single law that you can be in violation. (laughs) Good for him. That's awesome. Good for him. Yeah. I'm pretty sure everyone, and they they gave him a warning. <laughs> wow! But no boater's wow. license, over occupancy, no life jackets, no, <laughs> no flares, no no fire. All all the things you're supposed to have on the boat. Uh, the kind of party, yeah, I want to be a part of. Basically. Yeah, basically every single violation you could possibly be in, he got pulled over for, and. They ended up just letting him off. I've the warden, been, but that's, I've been with that's your his, brother. That's his luck. So I've been with your brother Good boating, you. and uh, that sounds like a Gandhi yeah. operation. Yeah, checks out. But Does that check also, out? <laughs> also a Gandhi operation is getting completely lucky with everything that you do and not getting cited for anything and somehow getting off with everything. Yes, that is another Gandhi move. And Gandhi, by the way, the name Gandhi yeah, is like, Scott's brother, uh, which I'm sure we will have on the program yeah. at some point. Well, we'll have to have him as a guest on this. He doesn't fly, he, but he, he did is fly. in the he club, which I consider if you've soloed an yeah. airplane, you are in the club. Yeah, he's. He, oh, he's I agree. I agree. That's an aviator in my book. Sign off. So yeah, but, he's not a he's not a licensed pilot. But yeah, some somehow, if if he buys something, he will always find a way to sell it for more than what he bought it for. Oh yeah, it's a gift. No matter what it is, doesn't matter what it is. If it's an airplane, he's a godsend. Sir. So yeah. anyway, back to part A of this is basically if you're operating a seaplane, you stay away from the other boaters. The other boaters are idiots, as we've demonstrated in the last couple minutes of conversations. Um, obviously, the four of us being exceptions, because most ti- most of the time when pilots are in boats, they're one of the better boaters on the water. Um, but most people <laughs> don't have a clue what they're doing. Um, and the worst of the worst are jet skiers. That's... Uh, I would say 95% of the people on jet skis uh, don't even realize there are laws or anything going on. So it's best to avoid any other boats uh, when operating a seaplane as a general rule of thumb, which is why they make part a general of this reg basically state that. Is, is that too far off from the truth, Lee? I would say that's exactly it. You got to think you're kind of you're the tip of the, the pyramid here. Everybody is below you as far as not necessarily their IQ, but their knowledge content. How many tests have they taken to to, to operate that vehicle they're on? Not that many, so, if any. But what you've taken a what, bunch. So I don't, I don't know because I'm not I don't have a seaplane rating. But what kind of I mean how how intense is it to get your seaplane rating as far as learning your water? You're not that intense. I mean, no. so I mean, you're not necessarily you're not you're not guaranteed to be that much smarter than your average boater, really. No, 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 no. no. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, in terms of what? In terms we, of so like, we in terms of yeah, rules on the water, water rules, boating rules, water yeah. rules, yeah. Boating in terms rules. of water rules, mostly, yeah. So, basically. 
most boaters on the water have not gone through any training at all. No, most of them. So during your seaplane rating, you cover it with an instructor. Right. Where even in the case of states that need a boater's license, that's just an online course where you're just checking off the boxes. Yeah, you can cheat. Doing what you're supposed to do. I mean, just leave the tab open and open a Google tab and you can cheat on it if you want to. <laughs> It, I didn't do that. That's how it is. Yeah, I didn't do that. I wouldn't say definitely. I didn't. Come on. So, it is, for the most part, you know more than a lot of the boaters on the water. And the thing about a seaplane is, in most areas, if you land a seaplane in like navigable waters, which you in most situations you can legally do, you are the main attraction. Like the boaters don't think like oh maybe i should stay away from that like and let them do their thing no 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 it's a holy cow an airplane just landed on the water this is the first and maybe only time i will ever see the see or be around something like this in my life let's go up right next to it and look and take pictures and right. screw around which is ends up being can be you know just disastrous. anywhere from annoying to disastrous you just got to let the jet skiers and stuff like that. You got to let them get bored. They have a short attention span. Yeah. I just charge at let them. Let them get bored and let them go away. And then just, you can do your takeoff. Just whatever. aim at them and full throttle it. They'll be like, I can't do that. Oh, crap. What's going on? They'll be like, I got to get out of here. This guy's crazy. Well, first off, do you're, that. you're so nose high. You can't see anything that's really in front of you or within right. like 30 degrees. I've never flown you, right, Rob? Plane, I mean, so I can't. I can't speak. Well, yeah, so then, then shut up and let, let the big boys <laughs> talk here. Now. How about, how about we, how about, first of all, first of all, how about let's not be rude? Just don't say shut up on this show. Family podcast. Yeah, I mean, there could be kids listening. I don't feel like shut up isn't really appropriate. <laughs> when aircraft or an aircraft and vessel are on crossing courses the aircraft or vessel to the other's right has the right of way this is not only the same as boats this is the same as if you are actually in the air but like you talked about us in aircraft we kind of have the obligation that we are probably a little bit more educated on the rules so that's going to boil down to us. We're going to have to give way whether we're on the or you need to be ready to give way whether you're on the right or the left. Yes. Rob, would you agree with that? I would totally I, agree because most boaters, even like, in a boat, I suppose. Most boats, true. let alone jet skiers, have no clue. Like they've here's no what I would clue. say. Here, here's what I would say. If you don't know <laughs> what the rule is. Give the right away to the other person. They Absolutely. don't know what they don't know, though, dude. That's actually well, really good advice. I yeah. Like no, honestly, like, if yeah, you don't, they don't know what if, they don't know. They well, don't, right, but, but assume that they know. If you don't know, assume that they know and just give them the right away. I would say assume nobody oh. else on the water understands that there are rules. Yes. And operate yes. from that perspective. Right. Exactly. Yes. So so the if, they're, if they're doing something. You'll ever do in your life. Yes. If, if you're in a situation where you're like, uh, I don't know who has the right of way here. Just assume that they do. Yes. To be safe. Yeah. What was that, Echo? Yes. To be uh, like I said, uh, just 
be defensive flying at like at all costs. Like just the most defensive flying ever. Like, well, in this just, case, you're nobody knows anything. Like and in this case, boating, water taxing. But yeah, yeah. Thing, if you're yeah. flying though, I feel like you can be a little bit of a dick. Yes, but I, like if you're a sea, if you're on the seaplane rating, like just treat it like you're on a boat when you're on the water. Like nobody knows. I'm going to just barrel down and hope people don't get in my way. And if they do, I'm, I, I got to know what to do. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. But yeah, yeah. In this context, yes. But in general speaking, if you're in an airplane, you can be a dick, I think, because you Sometimes. know <laughs> that everybody should be at, at, at least understand the right of way rules in this in this context. They yes. should know the right of way. Who has the right yeah, away yeah. in it, given context? If it's another airplane, yeah. Yeah, another no, aircraft, I've, I've had, had near-miss situations in uncontrolled fields where it's like, should I have ringed him out or should I have, like, you know, absolutely yelled at him? Like, I don't know. Did they know the situation? Did, like, and I was working for a, um, you know, prof- professional, like, instructing company where it's like, no, I'm not going to get on the radio and be like, hey, you know, you're a piece of shit. Like, get the fuck out of my way. Because I'm not that kind of person on the radio. But at the same time, like... Can, can you tell us the scenario? Because this is... It yeah. does pertain. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I had a scenario, like, it was like two summers ago. I was teaching a guy to fly a 150. And, you know, we were in a high wing. And it was, it was the classic low wing, high wing scenario, right? So... If you're in the high wing, you're not going to see the aircraft above you. If you're in the low wing, you're not going to see the aircraft below you. So that was what was going on. Like we were in the high wing and we didn't see the guy above us. And he was descending on our altitude. He made no radio calls, which pissed me off originally. You know, like we're in an uncontrolled airfield, but I was just irritated from the get go. Like, so we're making all of our radio calls, and finally, like, I hear him call final. I'm like, where are you at? And he's like, I'm on final. I'm like, so are we. And, I mean, it was, we called it just at the right time. And so he made his call. We are, we made our call. And then the uh, the family of the company that I was flying for, <laughs> or not, not even the family of the company I was flying for, the family of the student that I was covering for was like, hey, no, you should have called that guy out later. I was like, no, like. We were all safe. It was everything worked out okay, but it's just it was too close for comfort, and I did not like it at any at any point of the the flight. And yeah, it just it was ugly. I mean, have you seen that? We I brought up a scenario we covered right away rules, you know, for aircraft in the air um, last episode, I think it was, and um, I, I, you know, I, I kind of alluded to a conversation, you know, we're on an ILS and we elected to intercept the the final or the glide slope at you know kind of the intermediate fix, not the final approach fix, so naturally higher, and so we're descending right. on down and and we're making all our radio calls, like a ton of radio calls, too many radio calls. But in this case, you know, you can see why it's warranted. You do these. This guy calls final approach fix inbound. We call like final approach fix inbound. And it's like, that's like right where we are. How is he where we, where we are? And yeah. same scenario you're talking about. And, you know, so I'm like looking at it. So we're in a float plane, actually. So we didn't see him. So we had to like sidestep a little bit. And 
the dude was like right below us. Like, Oh wow. I don't know. Like 50 feet from us. And it's like crazy. Like how close you can get and still not hit, you know, there's a lot of air out there. I get it, but you know, right. it's very disconcerting when you're doing these things, but like in the scenario you just talked about, and that's a pet peeve of mine. You've done all the proper radio calls. This dude just comes out of nowhere, makes one radio call. And now I do have to think, I'm not saying you did this. I'm just saying when I do things like this and I've done it where, mm-hmm. oh man, I turned the volume way down so I could talk to my students. So I didn't hear his radio call. Oh God, yes, I've done that. Tons of times. We've all yeah. done it. We've all yeah. done it. I'm not saying that Absolutely. in this case you did anything wrong. I'm just saying that the all these different things, all these communication barriers happen. Yes. It's your it's an aircraft who doesn't have a radio at all or a poorly right. performing radio. Your you have the radio turn on, you have a poorly performing radio. All these things that can contribute to this lack of communication and two people being kind of in the same spot at the same time. Right. It's an issue at a, a billion airports in the United States. That's yeah. I mean, that's another thing I pointed to my students. I'm like, Hey guys, like, you know what? This pilot who we're avoiding and we just saw nearly kill us. He doesn't have to say a goddamn word. Like he doesn't have to say a thing. This is an uncontrolled field. He doesn't even need a radio. He doesn't have to say anything. And I've seen many uncontrolled pilots, many un- con- no radio pilots in our area you know, day to day. And I'm like, wow. And it terrifies me. But at the same time, it keeps me humble to be like, Hey, just always be looking, not just listening, but looking for other airplanes. Well, is that, isn't that what kind of like, you know, when you're talking about, you know, ground reference maneuvers, if you're doing a check ride or any of that stuff, what do they want you looking outside? Like 70% of the time? Or right. like 90%? Well, still I, look, I forget when, when I was either flying, way. Yeah. It's 70 when I was learning sure. how to fly, like looking outside was like the biggest thing. It was. It is. You know, because it, uh, it, you, you're maneuvering. It's still the, the most important you know, kind of feeling, and you're going to see other aircraft outside, right? And avoiding, right. avoiding conflicts with other aircraft. Look, looking outside is still the most important thing you can do when flying VFR. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, well, obviously. And if you're in VMC, visual meteorological conditions, while on an IFR flight plan, is still important because there's yahoos who will be up where you're flying who maybe shouldn't be up there. Absolutely. Well, I wouldn't say they shouldn't be up there. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're in a whatever, a citation, and there's a Navajo up there where you are. Why can't he be there? Yeah, I, and I agree. Okay. I I watched. I I assumed that we would agree, but just want to make sure. Anyway, all this is getting edited out. Very sharp. Very sharp. Part C approaching head on. When aircraft or an aircraft and a vessel are approaching head on or nearly so, each shall alter its course to the right to keep well clear. This is the same as in the air. Absolutely. Always turn right, boys. Come on. So you turn right. If each person turns turn right. each person turns right, you're not gonna hit. Because exactly. you have to assume the other person doesn't know what you know, especially when we're talking about water. Yeah, and that's the big takeaway, the big right? Takeaway, yeah. You're talking about if boaters. you if you see a, a boaters, a lot of boaters, and nearly all jet skiers have no idea. They don't know shh. they don't know anything. Jet skiers may try to run. go between They're your pontoons. Yes. 
They want to race. That's they want to race you. <laughs> no, that's so truly like yes, uh, yeah. And they will win. Unfortunately, <laughs> you'll be airborne before you can win. Part D, overtaking. Each aircraft or vessel that is being overtaken has the right of way and the one overtaking shall alter course to keep well clear. This is different than in the air, actually, because this follows the maritime law instead of the aviation law. Because when you're overtaking in an aircraft, you have to pass on the right, correct? That's correct, correct, yes. Where if you are overtaking on the water as a vessel, because when an airplane is on the water, a seaplane's on the water, it's basically a vessel, um, and you're overtaking someone, you can you can overtake on either side. It doesn't have to be the right. Yes. Which is that's true. Why do you think you overtake on the right when you're overtaking in an aircraft, Rob? I don't know. Do you have insight into it's this? I do, yes. Um, because the pilot typically in a fixed wing aircraft sits on the left side, so he's gonna have better view. On the right side of the other aircraft. Ooh, we some little side note. that is giving way to. We somehow, yes. we somehow made this salvaged it into something someone might have learned because I just learned something. I didn't know that. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna learn. <laughs> Stick around for at least I don't know seventy minutes of this podcast, and you're gonna get one tip. <laughs> might learn something. After seventy <laughs> minutes, you might learn something useful. Absolutely. Hopefully that is true. Part it's true. Part yes. E special circumstances. When aircraft or an aircraft and a vessel approach so as to involve risk of collision, each aircraft or vessel shall proceed with careful regard to existing circumstances, including the limitations of the respective craft. This is kind of the fail-safe, which most right-away rules always have a fail-safe rule. Um, oh yeah. If, if this is, I think extra pertinent in the, uh, when you're on the water, cause you're a boat and you're around a bunch of boaters who don't know what's going on. So special circumstances, I don't know if they're that special. It's just mainly assuming nobody else knows the rules and just avoid hitting everybody. Um, I don't know a better way to sum that up. Yeah. That makes sense to me. <laughs> so right, yeah. Lee and I are the only ones with actual seaplane ratings. But if you actually are a seaplane pilot with more, instead of real rating, what did you say? <laughs> is that a real rating, Scott? It doesn't require it doesn't require a written test, but right. it does require a check ride, an oral and a check ride. It's a sign off, oh. basically, right? So no, it's not a sign. Ryan, how dare oh, you? I'm sorry. How dare <laughs> you? You know, I'm sorry. Look, how dare me? I don't, I don't that's need, it. That is me. Like, it's great right. that you guys got a seaplane rating, but like, let's not prop it up as something that it's not, you know. Ooh, I, no, can, land pretty- a, I can land a plane on water. Look at me. I'm Jesus. Look <laughs> at me landing a plane on water. <laughs> Anchorage is like our, what, number two? Number two yeah. most listed. Well, listen number community. one, if you count just pilots. Yeah. Yeah, what's going on? Anchorage has been good having you guys. Are but, you trying uh, to are you trying to reply that they don't they don't have land airports in Anchorage? I'm pretty sure they, they have do. I'm pretty sure they have hard surface runways in Anchorage. They do, but That's probably, dude, I bet most of them have seaplane ratings. Look, look, obviously, okay. 
will concede. And you I would and Rob, them to because you and, we want you and Robert Jesus pilots. You can land on water. Fine, that's great. So, so that's going to be the little line down at the bottom. It says seaplane pilots are the Jesus of pilots. Are oh, Jesus pilots because they can land on water? Oh, they, it, I mean, it makes sense. Like, it checks right, out. It's like yeah, a it does check out. There. It does make sense. Yeah, I could probably. So land, I could probably land on Anchorage. Too. I just never tried it before. Maybe I'll try it. It appears that in Anchorage, there's a seaplane. There is a water runway at the Anchorage International Airport. Really? Really? I th- I knew there was. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I'm not 100 sure, but there is a basically a seaplane simple symbol like right there at the field of Anchorage Stevens Stevens huh. Anchorage International. What's the population of Anchorage? You know, didn't we come up with like 800,000? Seven. There's seven people there. Seven. Seven Negative. There's a bunch of people. (laughs) Seven. I'm sorry, Anchorage. If you're tuning in, I I apologize. I know there's more than seven because there's more than seven people in Anchorage that listen to the program. Exactly. All right. right. There is uh, 291,000 people. I'm the asshole. I'm sorry. I actually, my town is smaller than Anchorage. Way smaller, actually. Oh yeah, Anchorage is large. Through almost 300,000 people. Oh, yeah, twenty percent. Twenty percent of the yeah, Eccles town. Is the last name of Yeah, I live in a Mosquito River in the northern Ohio. No, I'm oh. sorry. I apologize. <laughs> There's some editing. <laughs> There's going to be some editing. A lot of editing. Bob, you're going to have like you're going to have like two days into editing this show. <laughs> yeah. Oh right. At the risk of this going somewhere I don't want it to go, we're going to wrap this up. To wrap this up, email is our preferred means of communication. My email is F-A-R-A-I-M at robertberger.com, B-E-R-G-E-R, spelled the German way, not the sandwich way. Uh, Lee's email is F-A-R-A-I-M at leegriffing.com, G-R-I-F-F-I-N-G. And all the hate mail, you suck uh, comments, go to Scott at F-A-R-A-I-M at scottboris.com which obviously anything going to that will be complaining about the other the other host of the show not me obviously f-a-r-a-i-m at scottboris.com b-o-r-e-s and our first guest ever somehow ended up being two episodes in a row ryan eckel lake erie flight legend ryan eckel can be reached at instagram at Eckel R E C K E L R. Be sure to leave a bunch of rude comments on anything he posts for the foreseeable future. And I hate all my followers already. <laughs> and we will wrap this one up, put it in the books. Thank you for listening. Uh, take care. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Well, Lee's We're back. Lee's We're back. Welcome back. Back online. This is another nightmare edit for me to fix. Uh, back to C plane. AT and T sucks. Yes. <laughs> B. Well, part Lee, B. You can't say that.
You can't say AT&T sucks. Why? Because the Chinese Communist Party could be listening and the AT&T is partnered with China Telecom. Which is why I said AT&T sucks, because I'll be going to Cox like next yeah, month. So you love you love Cox, don't you? Do you like Cox? <laughs> I would like- say that I'm a fan of Cox. Oh uh, uh, do you do you have you have you experimented with Cox? Well, I've I've talked to people that have experimented with Cox. I want to be very clear. This is an internet provider, an internet provider that they're talking about. And did you did you enjoy and the experience? I'm pretty sure we're never going to have another guest on the podcast again if you guys keep going down these roads. Because Ryan's, oh, I'm in. You can edit this oh, out. I don't care. I'm in. You can edit it out. <laughs> well, I mean, what are you talking well, about? Anyway, AT&T back to, back to, back to the point. You said about? you said something about AT and T. What were you talking about? AT and T. AT and T. AT and T is partnered My- with China Telecom. So you can't really you can't say bad things and about China. We have Chinese it. listeners, Lee. Yeah, all right. Yeah, so we have to be yeah, nice to so. Xi Jinping yes. and make sure our beloved Chinese listeners right. Uh, right. don't get the far aim podcast banned from their country. Uh, that's right. It's all good. Uncle Lee says you can't spell AT you can't spell Antichrist without AT and T. Um <laughs> crossing. <laughs> Hopefully right. I can I can cut in at part C a pro, or no, we already did that. One, two, three, da 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 da. Well, Part D. I would just like to point out. I would just like to point out before we start recording again, for real. That that Rob, you encouraged me to go down in the basement and get the vodka that I had left over from my wedding. It was three years ago. I did, yeah. and the parts that it's I can so leave in are very early in the episode. The, the fact that there, the so. fact that the vodka was left over from three years ago should tell you that I'm not experienced enough drinker. To be drinking that wet, oh, that yeah, that, yeah. that liquor. This kid's tripping on squirrely shit, boys. Right, like, uh, like yeah, if you've had if, if you've had vodka in boys. your basement for three years that you haven't drank, you probably shouldn't be drinking it. What kind no. is it? Of I'm curious. The worst you know, kind. You you UV. potato? That potato vodka? I don't know. No, it's UV. <laughs> when we when we start doing so, in-person really recordings, which my goal is to have three in-person recordings this season. When I'm up there this summer, um, what is, what do you mean by in? Oh, when with the three we're of us sitting together? at the you think you're in our area? Each one of those episodes, we're, to, we're having an official drink that we all we go around three ways, and we each pick a drink. And and you I'll can drink pick whatever, up. but not tequila. Yeah, you, Rocco. No, I'm no not drinking tequila. Guests, <laughs> guests don't get to pick the drink, so that's not not a problem. Oh. Um, yeah. Da 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 da. Pause. Edit out here.